Hey there, this is Drew Ross. Welcome to the Better You Love Drew Podcast. Okay, next category, career progression and industry changes. How do you authentically express personality by showing and not telling? So I have this belief that people can feel and like literally like the energy that you have within you, people can smell it. Like people can feel if you're feeling like bored or uninterested in a conversation or really engaged and heightened and in tune, like people can feel that. So I would say your energy that you have going into a conversation or an interaction, like the way you feel Just know that somebody else is going to, they're going to recognize it. So if you're feeling uninterested when you're talking to somebody, they're going to notice that in your mannerisms. But if you're feeling really engaged, you're probably going to have more eye contact. You're probably going to ask more intellectual questions. So I would say you can authentically express your personality by showing that you're actively engaged in the conversation and the projects that you're working on. And it's okay if you're not, because then you can have that conversation. If you're not interested in a project that you're working on, or you feel like it's really not piquing your interest to the highest degree, that just means that you're able to have a great conversation with your manager or your supervisor to be like, I know that this organization, I'm, I'm willing to learn that this organization has the the projects and the roles and responsibilities that fit well with my skill set. I don't believe that this is it, but what if we worked towards finding that one thing? Here are the pros and the cons of the project that I'm working on and how they really speak to me. So I would say the way you feel literally with inside of you, people are going to be able to recognize that. So just know that if you, if you show that heightened level of interest, people are going to recognize that if you're showing that you're uninterested, there's going to be a, an element where they recognize that as well. You can incorporate the telling portion into it if you would like, but just know that the way you feel, it, people are going to be able to smell it and they're going to be able to feel it through you. The next one, how can application how can applicants stand out in the recruitment process if they don't have experience? I wouldn't be convinced that you don't have experience. I would say that you just need to build more evidence on the experience that you have. When I read this question, maybe it's you feel like the experience that you have doesn't fit the guidelines of the job description. The way that I would look at it is I would just build cases as to why all of the experience that I've acquired to date is the perfect experience for the role. So a job description could be looking for, you know, has work experience in this field for two to four years, but you can build evidence, even if it's not exactly what they're looking for to match their criteria. So somebody that might not have the work experience they're looking for might have volunteer experience or extracurricular experience in a side hustle, side hustle or side hobby that they do. Like you have the experience. It's just a matter of shaping your experience to really craft and fit that role that you're looking for on that job description or what's really interesting you. So start with telling yourself, I mean, you could rephrase the question to sound something like this. I have a lot of valuable experience. How can I shape it so that it fits the opportunity that I'm going for? Like that could be a great, just recognizing and acknowledging that you have the experience already is going to be a great place to start. In a world where media and advertising continues to evolve and adapt, is there an element of your role that has stayed consistent despite the constantly changing industry? So this question would be directly 
is probably towards Jackie, honestly, because she's been in the ad space for good tenure now. And she now has a great role uh, with that organization is very involved in the ad space. So I think that would be an amazing question for someone that has been in the ad industry for a while. But you can relate a lot of what we've talked about in this episode back to this question. I'm sure that Jackie, to her core, has remained true to her values. What is important to her, what she believes in, who she believes that she is. I would imagine that none of that has really gone off course too much. She's probably stayed really true to who she is. She probably has really firm work and personal boundaries that she lives and abides by. Like, I think the core inner being of who you are is something that can stay consistent. Like, I forever believe that I'll always have a big heart and I'll always want to try and help people no matter what space or situation that I'm in. I'm, I, it doesn't matter where I am. I'm always making that a reality. So that could be giving a homeless person a granola bar in downtown Chicago or hosting a coaching call every Monday night, a group coaching call every Monday night. Like the way that I give value is is constantly happening all the time just because I have a big heart. The environment doesn't have to be the same. That's just something that will always be a part of who I am. So really look for that in yourself. You have core values and beliefs that are so important to you that you feel in your bones. Just imagine that those are going to be with you forever. How to navigate my career progression in our current economy. My first question to go back on that is like, what is our current economy? And it may be in this question, someone's having thoughts that we're in an economy that's not that great or that the economy is in a place that's not great for career navigation or progression. But what if you just decided that this economy is providing you and setting you up for the exact role that you need to be a part of? I would just look at it like that. I would bring all the power back to you. Don't let it lie in the economy because we have no control. Like a singular individual, like we as humans, as spenders, as consumers, we contribute to the economy. But like navigating your career progression in the current economy, don't let the economy have all that power. Like no matter what the state of the economy is, whether it's good, someone might identify as good, bad, ugly, great, you know how to navigate your career progression. Maybe there's there are things that you do additionally if you are having thoughts about the economy that you feel like it's not the best for your career progression and navigation. Maybe there are just additional things that you have to do. Maybe there's additional jobs that you apply to if you're looking for a new role. Maybe you have to extra communicate to your manager that you're looking to move up into a new role. Those are things that you could actually do, but they're all within your control. So I would say the economy has no effect on my ability to rise in my role or move to my next career opportunity. Like You have total control over all of that, and that's the mindset that I would take into that question. Are you seeing an uptick in roles that focus on AI? I can answer this just from my perspective. I would say yes. I would say there's a huge shift where roles, AI is replacing roles within many different industries. So I would say because this tool is, is coming online that yes, this is something that is more roles are going to be focusing on AI in the future, especially as AI progresses and becomes more of a regular part of our workday routines. And as we get more information on how accessible and how we can like utilize the tool, like how easily and readily available it is for us to save time and implement it into our businesses and our strategies, the more that that conversation continues to go on, I would say that they're gonna, the more we're going to have an uptick in roles 
that focus on AI. What is the biggest challenge in advertising? I am going to say, I want to change this question. I'm going to flip this question around. What is the biggest challenge in advertising? What do you believe the biggest challenge in advertising is? And why are you asking this question? I think it's great to put that back into your seat just to see, do you have a challenge that you're potentially overcoming in advertising? And that's why you're asking this question. I would say if you could identify what the biggest challenge in advertising is, what do you think it is? And why are you so well-equipped to handle it? No, you can do it. Moving into the second to last category, how can applicants stand out in the recruitment process if they don't have experience? So this category is career challenges and setbacks. The good thing is we've already answered this question. So we've answered it in a lot of a lot of different ways. So you can stand out by being your authentic self. You can stand out by going the extra mile and doing more than just submitting an application and then recognizing that you do have experience. You, as no matter where you're coming from, your background, you have the experience and you can craft it to the role that you are applying for. There are ways that even if you don't fit all the criteria, you can still be a great fit for the role. So I would just decide that all of the experience that you acquired to date is setting you up for you to have the exact role that you want. Instead of looking at your experiences, things that you don't have, look at everything that you do have and focus in that direction. How to assert dominance in a historically male-dominated industry. So I can speak from this from a life coaching perspective, and I've also been in corporate. I love the life coaching industry because it is female-dominated. I mean female, 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 female-dominated with a few gay males here and there. There are also straight men and individuals of all kinds that are involved in the coaching industry, but you do just see a lot of females and it is so empowering to me and it is so awesome. And those are the people that I personally vibe with the most. So when you say asserting dominance in a historically male dominated industry, like, do you feel like you need to assert dominance in a male dominated industry? Like, what if just, like, and is asserting dominance part of who you are as a person? Like, is that your natural realm? Like, if I hear, like, asserted dominance in a male-dominated industry, that sounds like coming in and, like, slamming the fist down on the table and, like, kicking the door down and being like, I'm here. What if just being your true and authentic self is all you needed to do to, to rise and elevate in your role in an industry that would be deemed as male dominated. Like you, if it's a male dominated industry and you are a female that is writing this question, you are the uniqueness in the room. You are the vitality. You are the different mindset. You are the different approach. So instead of it, maybe this is coming from a place of, I feel like I need to assert dominance in a male-dominated industry, but what if you just need to assert yourself, like the truest version of yourself into the industry that you're already a part of? That is the approach that I would take. I would just look at, I'm going to assert myself in any type of room that I can get myself in for any type of experience, and that's going to be the best way that I rise in the role. It could be female dominated it could be male dominated but like really asserting dominance i don't know if you have to do that to really achieve what you're out there trying to achieve so if you could just assert yourself what would that look like question 24 
what challenges have you faced in your career and how did you overcome them? So we'll start there. I think unfulfillment, and I talked about that a little bit, is I stumbled into coaching and I really found my passion. But before I left that role, I really tried to find a way to fix my mindset and love the role and everything that it brought to me before I left it. I think that is an important thing. Other challenges that you can face is like I had one supervisor pretty much my entire corporate tenure and when he would leave there would generally be a shift in leadership and that was always a bit of a sticky situation. So I would say anytime in you know in those moments I really had to like pull myself up with my bootstraps and be like I am capable no matter what the shift is in leadership I'm ca- I'm capable of navigating this. Can you provide examples of how setbacks or failures contributed to your overall success. So there is a quote that I heard from Brooke Castillo and she's founder and CEO of the Life Coach School. Or she's not CEO, she's the founder. And she says you're either winning or learning. So nothing is really a failure unless you determine that it's a failure. Like anything that might not go according to plan, I just really deem as a learning moment. And that just feels way more refreshing to me. So setbacks or failures contributed to overall success. I would say those moments are helping you turn into the person that's like, no matter what happens, I'm always going to get back up on my feet and make it happen. And they're just growth. They're uncomfortable. That doesn't mean that they're a lot of fun. But I would say any type of uh, setback or anything that you would deem, any situation that you would deem as a setback or a failure, look at it as a learning moment. And life, we are winning It's when things are going according to plan and we're hitting those goals or we're learning where we were able to walk away from a situation and realize, oh, I learned a thing or two just from being in this environment. I would take that approach. Setbacks or failures, if that's what you want to call it, I think are very instrumental aspects of turning you into who you are supposed to be for your next opportunity. So really lean into that as much as possible. Question 25. For those with their own practice, what was the greatest obstacle you had to overcome? What was the timeline for beginning? So I have my own practice, and the greatest obstacle I had to overcome was identifying what works and what does not. So when I started my business, I did a podcast and a website, and I just imagined that all the people were just going to show up my doorstep and throw some money at me, and we were going to get to coaching, and I was wrong. It wasn't until about four months after when I started going up to people, telling them who I was, what I did, how I can help them and physically help them. Like that was when I started to really turn revenue in the business. So one of the biggest things, the biggest obstacle I'd ever overcome was being okay with building something like a website and just not touching it and realizing that the way that it's set up today, it's in its structure and its stature, it's exactly what it needs to be. And I would say really leaning into the things like identifying what works and, and, and following those things. So honestly, it is harder to go to networking events. And that's a thought. But it does take a little bit more energy and effort to get dressed and leave my apartment and get on the train and go to an in-person networking event and get uncomfortable and tell people that I'm a life coach and offer to help them and do consultations than it is to just post on Instagram a quote. And it, my brain obviously is going to try and convince me to sit on the couch and post an Instagram to keep me safe from putting in all of that energy into the networking event. But the, the reality is, is I know what works and that's talking to human beings and physically helping human beings. So it was really just identifying, I know what works and putting everything that doesn't work to the side. 
was probably the biggest thing. What was your timeline for beginning? So I began coaching at the end of 2021. That's when I experienced it for the first time. And then I got certified in the summer of 2022. Then I collected my first dollars in November of 2022. And I'm hitting my first one year anniversary next month. And I didn't at all feel prepared, but I did it anyways. And I don't think there's ever a moment where you feel ready to go in a thousand percent, but just starting is the important part. The final category, y'all, we're almost there. Three questions under this category, portfolio and personal branding. How important is it to have a portfolio and should a domain be purchased for an online portfolio? So this is a great question. For an ad industry expert, should a domain be purchased for an online portfolio? If you believe, turning this question back around, if you believe that having a portfolio is something that's going to be setting you out from the rest of the crowd, I would have a portfolio, even if it's not required. There could be jobs that are like, you have to have one. Do not apply without a portfolio. In that case, absolutely have one. There could be other roles that are like, nope, don't need it. You don't need to have a portfolio, but if you feel like that that's really going to elevate the way that you show up during the application process and it's going to set you apart for the rest, why wouldn't you have one? Like, why would you not have a portfolio? Like, If you think a portfolio is going to be the reason that you get that dream job, I would no question have a portfolio. And the way I like to think about it is what is a, having a portfolio? Like, How is that going to go against you? Or how is that going to hurt you in the application process? There are so many things you can do with a portfolio. So I would say the question here is you get to determine how important a portfolio is to your application process. The best place that I would start is just really looking at, do I feel like a portfolio is going to be something that's going to be essential to me getting the role and the opportunity that I want? And if the answer to that question is yes, then no questions asked, I would do it and make it fun. Like this is an opportunity to be an extension of your resume. You get to highlight some of the really cool things that you've done. And if you don't have the materials for a portfolio, then you get to learn and create one and go create the content to have one. And you're probably going to learn a lot through that process. It's a win-win. I would say you're asking this to an ad industry expert from a life coaching perspective. Why not have a portfolio? It sounds like so much fun. 27. What advice would you give to someone who entering the advertising industry who is looking to brand themselves in a way that helps them stand out amongst job candidates? We've answered that question probably four or five times at this point. Be your authentic self, go the extra mile, and make sure that you're not sacrificing who you are to fit a role or becoming who you feel like you need to become according to somebody else. Never sacrifice yourself for a role. Who you are right now is exactly who you need to be to get the dream job that you're seeking. I would say the biggest advice is just start networking, start building connections within in, in the industry. Be like, yeah, going into a job application, I've already met with three people that work for this organization. Like, If you have a reputation going into this, this role and this opportunity, it's going to be major and people would want to see that. So the more, pe the more that people can get to know you, the more they're going to like you. So I would say the biggest advice is build up your connection base now, go into it full force, get clear on exactly what you want, be your true and authentic self, and you no doubt are going to stand out amongst the rest. The final question, 
What are some ways to get brands interested slash investing in your personal brand? So it sounds like this person is potentially running like an Instagram account. That's the approach that we're going to take for this. So I would say outreach. I would go ahead and just make your own personal brand loud and clear. Let people know who you are. Let them know what you bring to the table. Let it be so clear that people know who you are and what you communicate on the platforms that you communicate them on. Again, networking goes into this majorly. And if you're trying to get them interested or invested in your personal brand, let them know what your brand is because nobody buys when they're confused, but people do buy and they do invest when they're clear and they see a vision and they're like, this person can help me. I can see the value in this individual. They're only going to know that by getting to know you and your personal brand really, really well. So the starting point is identify what your personal brand is, get clear on it or as clear as you can get. It doesn't need to be perfect, but just have an idea of what your personal brand is, what's important to you and how you like to communicate with others, the things you're interested in in a project space, what really fuels your fire, what are the things that are important to you in a personal and professional space, get clear there let everybody know about it. Let it be so crystal clear that you're living by those missions, those values, and those virtues, and let that just exude in your energy. And then when people get to know you, they're not going to be confused on who you are, or what you bring to the table, and they're going to be so interested and invested in you. They're going to be like, it's going to cost us more to not be interested and not invest in this individual. So get clear on your personal brand and then make it a real reason as to why you can show it and flaunt it and make it part of your regular vernacular routine always. And then people are going to be so interested and invested in it. They're like people are going to get to know you for you. And then that's when they're really going to be interested and want to invest in you. I think the best thing you can do is get clear on your personal brand and just shout it from the rooftops and just live by it as much as you can. And then people will come flocking and then just let people know about it too. There's going to be outreach on your end. There are going to be times where you have to communicate your personal brand to people. And that could be done through emailing people, calling people, texting people, Instagram DMs, like let people know that you want to share what your personal brand is. You're excited for people to get to know it. And then the more they're going to be interested and invested in it. Alrighty, everybody. The panel last night was incredible. It was so good. I'm not over it. It was so chic. The Chicago Ad Federation, an amazing organization to be a part of. I'm so proud to be a part of Gen Next as well. Please look for ways to take the questions and these answers and apply them to your life today. If you need help crafting your personal brand, I am here for you. We had such an expert panel last night. I can help you craft it, get clear on it. A lot of it is just talking about it. The more you can start talking about it, the more you're going to realize it's sort of like right in front of you. It's like in corporate when my laptop would always die and I'd go to IT and like my laptop wouldn't turn on or like systems would shut down and, and you know, or the computer would totally freeze up and I'd be like, hey, I need a new laptop. They're like, did you restart it? haven't done that. It's a lot simpler. It can be that easy. All you got to do is hit the reset button and just take a new, really simple approach to get to the solution that you're looking for. Your personal brand is right in front of you. It's just a matter of you tapping into it as much as you possibly can and living by it as much as you can as well. 
All righty. Until next week, thank you for tuning in. Can't wait to have a conversation. More value given coming up soon. Have a great week, everyone. In what ways are you tapping into the best version of yourself on a daily basis? Maybe you've been following me since the beginning, or maybe this is your first ever Better You Love Drew podcast episode. Regardless, if you like what you hear on the podcast and want to take this information and apply it to your life today, that's what I'm here for. Working with a life coach helps make your already amazing life even more amazing possible to set up really big goals and achieve them. And it's possible to change the way you are currently operating to show up daily for a life that you're absolutely obsessed with. It's also a lot easier than you might think. Instead of thinking success like that happens to other people, let me show you how you can do it for yourself. Book a consultation with me via Instagram at Drew Ross Coaching. You can also do it via my website, DrewRossCoaching.com or by sending me an email, truerosscoaching at gmail.com. The time is now and you are ready, I promise you. See you in the consultation.